Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the banter's aspirations of that Dame Dollar 71-point game, my friend. I feel like we've been bringing him up so much this season. Like, poor man not even in a playoff spot, and yet he is just carrying this squad. It's, like, actually kind of crazy that he's as good as he is, and that team is still not great. My favorite part of the whole 71-point thing was Donovan Mitchell's girlfriend calling him up right afterwards being like, hey, you got to get 72 now. He took your record. In the modern, I guess since Kobe, yeah, he, he did beat him, you know. And he also did it in 40, in less than 40 minutes, which is the first time in NBA history. Like, he was so good, man. 13 threes, 14 to 14 from the line. Like, he was fire. Like, he was just awesome. Looking back at the highlights of that game, like, you could tell nobody was stopping Dame that night. He was a full aim thrower. He was doing whatever he wanted. Shame he didn't get one more three-pointer. Would have loved to add, you know. That that nice uh, 14 number there. But at the end of the day, yeah. absolutely legendary performance from Dame Dollar. Oh, it was definitely the performance of the season. And that's saying something considering, you know, Donovan Mitchell also hit 70 points this season. First time in NBA history where we had that too, right? I mean, like crazy. We, we've been talking, you know, over the past few years about how prolific scoring has become in the NBA. We were, we were joking about, you know, Wembenyana maybe one day coming in and putting in 100 points, and I was like, it won't happen. And Matt's like, eh, you know, we're seeing we're seeing these 70s. We're, I mean, you know, Booker has that 80-point game a couple years ago, right? Like, if people want it, they'll take the shots these days. Booker, it was Kobe, bro. It was Kobe. <laughs> oh, right. Booker's max Booker is 70. 70, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I don't think Devin's getting to 80, but who knows, right? In this day and age, anything's well, possible. Not with Katie on his team. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. We'll get to we'll talk about the Suns later today because Katie is back. He has played, but let's roll into these takes, Matt, because seven out of nine over there. You are a wizard oh. recently. What is this, my guy? Bro, I I don't know. I'm gonna ride that hot streak though. I feel I feel like I should have bet on these games. It's really crazy, too, because, like, the, the two games that I got wrong um, were decided by a total of three points. Like, come on. Man, <laughs> I wouldn't even say you were wrong. I would say you got robbed, right? In that Piston games with them with them calling a timeout when they didn't have it, Dwayne Casey was like, I'm trying to get this win for Matt. Didn't happen, you know? So you were this close, this close. Jane Ivey, he, he screwed me. And then Utah pulling out the dub against OKC in overtime by a point, like, Man, that's close to a perfect nine for nine. It happens, man. You'll get it. One of these days, you'll you'll get the perfect. When you're calling nine different games, though, it's it's hard to pull them all correct. Okay, you're doing it better than me. You're being more of the now. I'm talking about the future when it comes to the Kings. Matt's written down. I mean, look, the story (laughs) would be so sad if it ended that quickly for the Kings. They just they look really good, man, but the West is wild. I'm still confident, but I'm teetering. Like their first round playoff matchup is against the Clippers. I do you think that the Clippers can't beat them? Because like I think the Clippers are gonna be a nightmare for them. Be a be a banger of a series, almost going to, you know, three hundred three hundred and fifty points every night. Isn't you consider the last game the two of them played each other, but the Kings are in a tough spot, right? Sweet. the Kings are in a tough spot no matter where they face right like that's the kind of the chaos of the West right now because there is so many teams and you have no idea really where things are gonna end up like 
you look at Denver as the only team that is consistently setting themselves up as we want to stay at the top. We're not going to fall down any further. And, you know, it's a crapshoot over in the West. Anything's possible. So, yeah, I'm confident, but well, let's, talk, let's wait till we see what the team is before I give you my final confidence. Bro, so much of a crapshoot that the Golden State Warriors went <laughs> from, like, the edge of the play-in to the fifth seed in a week. So it is it is crazy out in the West. There is so much parity. But, man, our Raptors, they are holding it down in the play-in right now. Do you think they can push to the playoffs? Or, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, Will Barton said it best, right? Like, everyone knows this team is better than their record. But at the same time, the record is what it is. We can't escape from it. And there are some tough, tough teams coming up. And every game matters. But the silver lining is we said, hey, they need a 3-1 week to be positive, and they got it for us. So happy times over here, Matt. Absolutely, man. I mean, losing against Cleveland in that kind of fashion kind of hurt, um, especially because we had been so good against Cleveland all year, and then to have them just kind of dummy us like that didn't feel great. Uh, but we were short Fred Van Vliet. We are integrating Yak. Um, but Yaks looked so good, man. Like after that thirty point game, the the twenty eight and eighteen, or was it twenty six and eighteen? Twenty one. Like he's been twenty one and eighteen. He's been fire, man. He's been fuego for us. He's feeling exactly what we need, right? Like on the defensive end, we used to talk about them being such a scrambly team, and I guess like my dummy head was just like, oh, I don't see how we can't play a center role. And that's what was making us fly around. we got to send two guys to the center every time it's in the post. Mm-hmm. And now we just got yak, man. And we're playing a lot better face-up defense. We're, we're getting what we need to. So I'm, I'm excited. The only thing that kind of gives me pause about our 3-1 week is that, like, New Orleans is in free fall. They're <laughs> an absolute atrocious team. Detroit normally beats us, so, like, I'll take that win. Um, but Marvin Bagley put in the work. And then, like, beating Chicago, like, we should beat Chicago. Chicago should tank, man. They man, give up. the fact that Chicago waves higher aspirations, Goran Dragic, is also hilarious. I just had to throw that one in there. But, yeah, like, we should have won these games, right? Like, the Pistons, man, the Pistons are the fun story now because, like, all season long, we always lose to the Pistons. We're getting our W's here and there, so I'm not going to mention this, but uh, we're doing well against the Pistons now. But, what yeah, Pels. Like two and one? Dude, I, I don't mention it, man. We still got one more game this season. I don't want it to be 50-50. I want us to get the W, but... No, like, eh? this is what I'm talking about, right? But yeah, against the Pels, against the Bulls, against the Pistons, we should get those wins. And look, the Cavs were playing the second night of a back-to-back after beating them pretty handily in the first three games. It's almost a scheduled loss unless we come out, you know, guns blazing, all all cylinders firing, right? And so that's why 3-1 was the, the realistic situation of the week. But the boys came out. They proved themselves, and the, the, to bring up Yak really quickly, like I enjoy that I almost don't want to talk about Yak every week because it's the same thing. It's us talking about how he's consistent, about how he's coming and done these things, and it's like, yeah, that's what we wanted out of him. He's been great for the boys, so like you don't need to talk about him because he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, and that's the best like true role player you can have on a team. Like I'm so happy that Yak is back. No, he, he, we might have overpaid for him, but he absolutely fills a big hole on our roster, right? Like, we've talked about it all year that we needed extra shooting and that we needed an actual, you know, seven-footer center um, who could stay on the court and who, you know, was actually trusted by Nick yeah. Nurse. And 
now with this opportunity, it allows Coloco to go back to the D League a little bit more to get more minutes down there because you don't need him fresh for the NBA, which is really nice. It'll be great for his development, hopefully. And then next yeah. year, we've got a two-headed monster at center, right? And and then that would be absolutely unreal to rotate in Precious and you know Pascal at the at the three or at the four, and then OG and Scotty at the three. Like that's really nice. And adding Will Barton, man, he's a career thirty-seven percent three-point shooter was just so necessary for our team like it was just like it was perfect as much as as much as people are like memeing on it because you know he didn't have a good time in washington look it's washington right the story of that franchise over the past few years is what is the plan what are we right raptors have pretty straightforward a path ahead of them we want to be contenders we want to compete we want to be you know playing basketball as far into the season as we can and you know that's the right mindset that I think Will's going to enjoy coming into and you know I talked about it at the top of the pod but to bring it up again you know his comments about how everyone in the league knows how dangerous this Raptors squad is and how this record does not reflect what they can be as a team is, is beautiful right because we as fans have felt that Right, but all year. to have a player like Will come into the locker room now and reassure these guys and say, "Oh no, no, no! Everyone is terrified of you guys. They are scared of you guys." Right, and to come in and and be, you know, a player who can add, who who can do things that this roster needs. Like, it's a win, man. It's a big win. I was pretty happy when I saw it. Bro got right into the game, man. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. how he got to Toronto so fast, but he was right in that game. He already got playing time. Um, I think it was it was a perfect situation for him, you know, not getting as many minutes out in Washington. Yeah. The guy still averaged like seven points on thirty seven percent from three. So like at the end of the day, it's not even like the worst kind of season, right? Like Delano Banton's having a worse season, Malachi Flynn's having a worse season, Jeff Doughton's having a worse season. So he is a huge upgrade on what we had in terms of depth of that position, and so. If he can consistently shoot the three ball well, that's like what we're looking for. He gives Freddie a little bit of extra depth at the guard spot to take some minutes away and to like, you know, take a little bit of that pressure off. Yeah. And I love the fact that Gary's coming off the bench now. Like that is the the best thing for him. I've talked about it all season that I think he is, you know, the the prototypical sixth man, right? He can't as much as he is a great scorer, and I think he's you know yeah. upper echelon NBA scorer, he's not a go-to number one guy like Pascal is, and he doesn't get as much touches on that first team. So now when you get to roll out a bench of Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua, Chris Boucher, and Will Barton and Thad Young, like that's pretty good, you know, extra like six through ten. And now we've got options, we've got flexibility, you know, we actually have shooters all the time in our yep. lineup, right? And so, because OG can be the catch-and-shoot shooter on the first unit, right? Like, if Fred's the, the three-point specialist, OG's the catch-and-shoot guy, Siakam's the creator, and then we've got two connectors in, in Scotty and, and Podol, like, man, I think our, our starting five just got that much better and our unit got that much better. It's a happy time, right? You know, we we looked at this roster and we knew that we needed some depth. And we hoped that, you know, Malachi could do it. Jeff Doughton was playing really well defensively for a little while there, right? But at the end of the day, we do need points. We need scoring. And we need to be efficient about the way that we do it. 
And yeah, getting Pirtle allowed the right rotations to work out. And I just, it, it gets me excited that the boys are excited, right? That this team has a little bit of fire under them, that they have this positive group of games here. And we're looking for the rest of the season to try to continue that, right? Like we want to keep those vibes up. And I look at a player like Will and he's got the Thad vibes, right? He's another player like Thad who can come in and doesn't need to do much, right? Yeah, so it's... It's kind of a, it's kind of a perfect little fit, and are we nine deep? Are we ten deep? Like, has this ever happened in the past few years since the championship? Well, I think like we've been talking about the fact that we are eight deep, nine deep on a consistent basis, and those guys are kind of letting us down at the end of the at the rotation there. And so now I think we truly are nine deep. You know, we've got the the full plethora of availability to us, skills, yeah, and it's just. It's just so beautiful, man. The fact that we are eight and two over our last ten games, we're the third hottest team in the NBA behind the Knicks and Milwaukee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's just so good for our confidence. And you can see when the guys talk about having a true seven footer who can actually play against the centers, who can actually hold down the paint. Like you see relief on their face. Like when Freddie's asked about Yak and, and what kind of you know presence he brings, especially when they're playing a team like Chicago, who's got two seven-footers in, right. in Vucevic and Drummond, he like chuckling. He's like, man, life used to suck. So <laughs> we didn't have this guy. Like, like we all love Coloco, but he's only getting like 15 minutes a game. Like, for the rest of the time, you got to send two players at the center, and yeah. it just stretches out the defense. Everybody has a little bit more energy for the end of the game. Think about Scotty, you know, being able to have his legs at the end of games now because he's not right. fighting against bigger guys playing that role. It's just he's helped slot our roster where it needs to be, and that's just the best part for me, man. It's, I can't believe that we actually have a chance at maybe doing some damage. Like It's crazy. I, I would want to rematch with Philadelphia, and the fact that we have a true seven-footer to throw at Joel, right. and the fact that, Scotty in game one, if he didn't get hurt, was about to have a, a you know twenty point triple double. Yeah. Like I think that's when it comes. You know, yeah. I think Scotty's going to take over. It's it's crazy how well Yak fits, right? And you know, I was watching I was watching this week's episode of Open Gym. I I don't think you watch Open Gym, um, but it was great watching Yak just like walk around the facilities, dap up all the staff members. And my favorite part was you know the right before the first practice, you know everyone's coming together. A nurse goes. Uh, Yak, yo, go ahead and introduce himself. And he goes, what, y'all don't know me? I'm Yaka Pirtle. I'm a Toronto Raptor. Let's go. And I was like, like, let's go. I was so amped because like, that's the vibe that we're looking for. Right. And you can see, you can see this team kind of flip a coin and turn a corner now because they have the ability to trust in a player like Yak to do things where before, you know, whether it was sending two guys or whether it was two guys feeling like they both needed to be the rotator, we were struggling. We were just, we were struggling. And a team with this much talent should not be struggling defensively in the way that they were. And so, like, I, I don't, again, I don't need to talk more about Yak. He's, he's the perfect fit. And yeah, maybe we did overpay for him, but the Yak is back and the team has been cruising. And yes, we did have to give up, you know, Bo Cruz to get Will Barton. We haven't brought up, we haven't brought up Wancho, you know, but at the end of the day, he was a six nine player that isn't gonna fit when we don't need as many of them anymore. At the at the end of the day, man, he's his minutes are gone. Like 
when you have Yak, when you add Will, like they're just gone. And I loved what he brought, and I thought that he was, again, one of the more unselfish players on our team, which we really needed. Yeah. Right? Like, we really need some guys to kind of take a step back to, to be role players. You need guys to fit in. And he did that perfectly. And he was he did it almost to a, to a fault sometimes you know, passing up good open looks that he probably should have taken. Um, but, hey, you know what? He, we did allow him to, the ability to sign still with the with a EuroLeague team. I think there was yep. like a day. I think that's why we cut him so quick. Um, and so if he can go back to Euro basketball and, and sign with a good team and, and play some, some meaningful minutes, like that's really what he needs. Because um, riding our bench isn't great for well, him. And that's it. Bad. I'm adding him to the list of, you know, Raptors that I that I was a big fan of that never really did anything. You know, Bismack Biombo, you know, Utah Watanabe. <laughs> you know, gonna... <laughs> oh, Utah, my boy, my boy. But yeah, so we'll we'll miss the hustle. I was gonna think I could add him uh Rondé Hustle, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, you know, the legend, Absolutely. right? Like there's all these yeah. players that come in and they have these little these little Pat effects McCall. on <laughs> Yo, what a legend, Pat Mc Yeah, so well we appreciated him. <laughs> we appreciated Wancho while he was here. He was here for a good time not a long time and positivity man like uh, what else what else you want to talk about with the raptors right now because besides looking ahead like we've pretty much we're just rinse and repeating week in week out i think i think the fact that look, we're eight and two man we needed that stretch because we have the hardest part of our schedule coming up out of the 19 games we have left seven are against the top four teams in the NBA. And that is going to be a great test for us to really prove that we do belong in the playoffs. You know, we can go four and three, five and two in those games, which would be kind of wild to me if we did. Um, I feel really great about our chances going into the the playoffs and the play-in. If we don't, we'll probably just hang on to that play-in spot I think we definitely need to win these back-to-back games against Washington to like really solidify and guarantee that we will sure. be a play at the minimum. Um, but you know, I, I'm looking at this week, two-two week at the minimum. I would love a three-one week, four-all week. Obviously, is perfect. But uh, Denver, the boys have been crawling back to 500, crawling and dragging their way. And they're this close, right? And it's almost it's almost a tipping point, right? Like, yes, there's lots of games left, but if we have to go another week where we're not yet at 500, another week where we're not yet at 500, right? Like, that is not going to do well for this squad. They need to break that barrier and keep winning and keep that mentality. The only really positive note that I'm taking out of this is that we're going to hopefully peak at the right time. The chemistry is only going to build, you know, if we can keep the win streaks up, we're going to roll this into the playoffs. And yeah, we're probably screwed if we're in the play-in. I'm sorry. If it's Milwaukee and it's Boston, everybody loses. Let's be honest there, right? And so that's why we want to keep this momentum up and we want to leapfrog and really push for that sixth seed. Absolutely, man. If we can get to that sixth seed, I would actually believe in our chances of getting to the second round. But like you said, man, Milwaukee and Boston are just kind of head and shoulders above the Eastern Conference right now. The fact that Milwaukee's won 16 straight is just kind of wild. Like they are on an absolute tear. And Giannis has missed some games too. 
my favorite my favorite part is that like the the Bucks win streak was happening at the same time as the Spurs losing streak. And I feel like, you know, Popovich and Bud were just, you know, staring at each other being like, "All right, who's going to falter first? If you lose, we have to keep winning." Like like it's so funny. But yeah, the fact that Giannis has missed as many games as he had, the fact that that team has really, you know, pulled it together and gotten some important Ws, you know, in his absence. Like the Bucks are legit, man. We knew we knew the Bucks were legit, but it is hilarious that we make these comments about how like this team isn't anything without Giannis, and yet they're still sticking around without Giannis. Man, Drew Holiday's really impressed me this season. He's really picked up his game, especially in the absence of you know Chris Middleton. Yeah, and even when Chris has played, he's not been Chris Middleton like the one that we know. And so I think that it's 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 kind of crazy the fact that Drew's been this good and. Brooke Lopez has stepped it up. Uh, Joe Ingles now is another shot yeah. creator that they have added. Right. This team, I think they've got to be the favorite to win the title. Um, I know people are putting their money on the Phoenix Suns because of that Kevin Durant trade, but to me, like getting out of the Western Conference is going to be a task. And considering they could play Golden State first round, like that would be an NBA fan's dream, right? right. No, absolutely. It would be kind of crazy, but so this Bucks team is forty-five and seventeen, Matt. Do you think they have the capabilities of getting to sixty wins? Right, like we were talking about how we didn't think any team was was gonna do it this season, and you know Denver is close, Milwaukee's close. If it's not the two of them, I don't think anyone else could do it for sure. So they've got twenty games left. Um, they need fifteen, 15. wins. So fifteen and five, yeah, maybe. Right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think they were gonna go on the sixteen gamer though. Like, see, to me, like Boston's probably gonna lose, you know, four of their last nineteen games, which yep. doesn't get them fifty wins. Um, Philadelphia isn't gonna go twenty and tw- and one. And one, no. And so yeah, and, and I think Denver's gonna lose some games, especially because they have to play us, and we need wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, to me, I, I think Milwaukee's probably the only shot at it, but I, I do expect them to lose some games here. If they get to 60 wins, look out, because that means that they have been on an absolute tear. Seriously. And so their playoff run could be magical. And, I'm again, if the Raptors don't win, I'm probably rooting for Giannis. Right? I mean, I look at this team, I look at this team and – you know, 20 games, they're at least getting 10. So they're going to be on the other side of 55 for sure. But can they get to 60, right? That's the battle that we're going to see this season. I personally would love if the season ends with no 60 point, like with no 60 win teams, just because of the conversation that we've had and and just like the interesting, you know, historical significance of it. But also like, it would be great if Giannis gets to 60 and Jokic doesn't, and then it's like also the conversation of the MVP. But I don't want to get into the MVP conversation because that that would lead Matt in way too many directions. Bro, it just like makes me so upset that this like the criteria moves for Jokic. Um, I get it, you know his per is is unbelievable, and he is averaging a triple double, and they're the first seed in the Western Conference. But like, this is probably the first year he deserves it. So like, can we give it to a different player because he's already won two? Like. He's already won two, man. And he hasn't even gotten out of the second round since he's been winning MVP. So for me, like, it's got to be – I would even give it to Embiid as much as I hate Embiid. And you know I hate Embiid. Like, I was watching the clip um, from earlier this season where 
he trucked Giannis, but yeah. Gian, like in the chest, and Giannis like kind of knocked him, and he flopped. Like it was so bad. Like you watching him flop is so funny because he like stumbles, and then you can see him kick his own legs out from underneath himself. You're like, man, you're too big to be doing this. Like you're gonna hurt people. It's, and he I mean, already did. He ah. did. We've seen it in the past. So. Uh, it's too crazy. All right, can we flip to talking about LeBron now? Because my phone just dinged me, and it's official. He's going to be out at least three weeks with three? a tendon injury in his foot. Oh, okay. so I thought it was two, man. Yeah, this is why I think it's time we talk about LeBron and the Lakers now. Because he is LeBroken. He is definitely not going to be playing for a little bit. Not Dude. good. Not good, man. That is really not good. When he went down, I kind of liked the conversation that he was having with Pat Mahomes on the side. Did you see that? He's like, oh, you're not the only one who plays the, a messed up ankle. And then he goes on to, like, really hurt himself, which is not great. No. Apparently, he's had this injury since, like, December, late December, early January. Um, and they made the decision to keep playing on it because, obviously, the Lakers need him. Like, yeah. without him, they have ah. zero shot at anything. Dang. They did win their first game without him, or I mean their second game without him against OKC last night, and AD didn't play, so that's kind of good, but I mean it was OKC, so. Just sucks, man. I just want to see LeBron play. Like, it's 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 frustrating, you know. Rest in peace, maybe, to the Lakers' you know playoff runs, February 2023 to February 2023. Like, it's, it's rough. It's rough for, for Lakers right now because – the trade deadline was great for them. They turned it around. They had a good team. They we were talking about just like the good decisions they made and like they were looking uh, great, man. Yeah. They were looking so good. They pulled off the first twenty-seven point comeback of the NBA season this year. Um, you know, they have the shooting now. They didn't shoot very well at the start of that game. They ended up shooting okay throughout the rest of it. And LeBron and AD like they're the best pair when when healthy in the NBA. Like when healthy over everybody it's the two of them and most people were talking about like you know if they could sneak into the playoffs yep. even as an eight seed even as a seven seed like you would take them over denver and you'd probably take them over memphis just because you know jaw's going through some some off the court things yeah um and the lakers just have that experience where they don't so it's it's a wild thought to think that like they're gonna miss the playoffs completely now because he's gonna miss the last three ish weeks of the season and like that that's just the story of his time in LA though right like when was the last time he and AD played more than a month together yeah fully healthy you know it's it's like, a it's a crazy story man and the hope is that the Lakers can keep it up but this is heartbreaking this is not what people wanted to wake up to today this is not what they wanted to hear but I mean, mm -hmm. I kind of expected this, right? Like, you don't have an injury, like, you know, you have a man on the floor talking about something popping, and then, you know, you don't expect anything. Now, you know, the fact that he went out there and did what he did after the injury is, you know, quote to LeBron being absolutely unreal in what he does, but... It's, Bro, he's LeBron James, <laughs> and, like, he is an absolute monster, and... It just it sucks that like the end of his career is going this way. Cause think about like you know, four years ago when they got Anthony Davis, if they had traded for a player 
four years ago, yeah. Jesus. Could you imagine being traded for a player of similar quality to Anthony Davis? Yeah. Who actually could stay healthy? It's crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's like, crazy to think about. If they had, uh, like, okay, obviously you're not going to get a Giannis, but, like, even a Jokic or, like, an Embiid or a, like, even a lesser player to that extent, like, who's a great power forward in the NBA? A Bam out of bile. Yeah. He could have even used just a Bam out of bile, man. True. And he would be better. Like, it is just so sad to think that this man's career is going to go out like this because they chose the wrong star. And that's, like, really what it comes down to is the fact that at the end of the day, Anthony Davis was not the right player for LeBron at the end of his career. But also, this is this is just another testament to LeBron's greatness. The fact that you choose the wrong player and you still get at least a championship out of it. Pretty great the way that that works out, you know? Absolutely, man. Like, look, <laughs> he... I ain't gonna get into it. You know he's okay. a goat, man. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's keep on the the broken topic and let's talk about the Le, the LeBall brothers because we were talking about it last week. Lonzo out for the season might be out for his career, and Matt oh. over here tempting the curse. We got an injury to Lamelo now, Matt. What did you do, my guy? I just pointed out the fact that clearly, if Lonzo Ball has such severe injury potential and history that his DNA and genetics run through LaMelo and therefore could have a very similar history considering he's already missed a bunch of games in his young, young NBA career. What is he three years into his NBA career? And I think he, I don't think he's finished a full season. No, I don't think he's played 82 games yet. And so I just pointed that out, and unfortunately, his season ended. Like, it's it's unfortunate, man, but it's it crazy. is what it is. I mean, you know, the Hornets weren't going anywhere at all anyways. So, you know, this works out. Maybe they can they can uh, work on their draft capital stock, but it's just uh, it's, it was just crazy. You know, the when, when things just work out in the grapevine and weird connections happen here or there, it's wild to see. So, yeah, LaMelo out for the season, unfortunate. But, hey, you know what? Hornets GM and front office are actually probably not that upset about it. They're just going to get a better draft pick. Um, they weren't going to win very many games with him anyways. Like, that team, that team needs some help, man. And at the end of the day, like, for them, what are they uh, overall at the bottom of the NBA? Oh, they're like just inside twenty the top and forty-four. Five. Yeah, yeah, and they're like they're the fourth last team. They still gotta hope that Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio jump them, and I don't think they can with the no the twenty wins that they have. They're probably stuck at that fourth seed and, and gotta hope for some lottery luck because apparently the word is on the street that like after Scoot and Wemby really not getting too much like high quality NBA potential talent. So, and, and that's why I, I think the Raptors went with the direction that they did. You know, we figured we probably weren't going to get either one of those. So why add a top five pick who's going to bust out? You know? Exactly. Exactly. We, we made good decisions. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Charlotte. It'll be a situation. Let's flip now. Let's talk about the Bulls team that we were mentioning earlier. And I, and I joke, I don't actually want to talk about the Bulls team. I want to talk about Quinn Snyder. I actually want to talk about Quinn Snyder. I was like, why are you going with the Bulls, bro? I I, I think my brain was like putting the red of the Bulls and the red of the Atlanta Hawks and just making a poor connection. But yeah, let's talk about Quinn Snyder because, you know, my dream was that he was going to take over for Popovich. He was going to take over for the Spurs. And 
My running joke now is that Spurs is, you know, Popovich is never going to retire because he's getting Wembenyana. So Quinn Snyder had to find a new path. And man, Atlanta? Interesting fit, my friend. It is a very interesting fit. I think it's a good fit for him, to be honest. Like, I think the fact that he has one, two high caliber all star players in yeah. Trey Young and, and DeJounte is great. Um, I think he's going to get them to play better defense. I think he's going to, you know, really force them to to look at themselves in the mirror and be a better team. So not great for us who are like, you know, yeah. neck and neck with Atlanta for that, that you know, play-in spot. But at the end of the day, I think it was a good hire for them. They signed him to a five-year contract, so they're confident that he's going to do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for him, man. I don't think that he he should have left the Jazz, but it makes sense why he did, right? Like he didn't want to coach that. Yeah. Even though they're good. He's an in, he's definitely one of the in-demand coaches, right? Like proven talent, and now it comes down to see if he can, you know, rein Trey Young in, right? Like this is a real, you know, test. Now we're gonna we're gonna hear over the next year or two whether Trey Young is a serious locker room problem or whether Nate McMillan just didn't have it, right? Like, cause that is that is where you know the directions are gonna go right now because anyone who believes that Trey Young didn't get Nate McMillan fired is crazy. Because whether or not he actually got him fired, the conversation around Trey not liking him assisted in leading to him losing his job. And Quinn Snyder is a, you know, probably a more respected coach. You know, he's he's got a little bit more history behind him. And the fact that apparently Donovan Mitchell called Trey Young and was like, yo, Quinn is epic. Like, I respect this man a lot. Like, he's the right coach for you. You want him. You know, hopefully that'll mean good things for for Trey Young in Atlanta because again, Trey Young is a great basketball player, and we want our great basketball players to the best we can. I'd prefer if they were in the West though, but that's you know another story. Hey man, you know there's a lot of lot of teams moving out west. Like there are a lot of good players moving out west. Look, Russ made his debut with the Clippers and actually had a really solid debut. I think it was like what like fourteen, ten, and seven or something like that. He did good. Um, he kind of, I, I overlooked it, um, how they needed a pace pusher, um, how Kawhi and Paul George operate very well off ball, how they yep. don't need it. Um, so he, he's kind of perfect in terms of like the fit of what you want. And he can still give you that like, you know, rough energy, right? The, he, he may not be quite the athlete that he once was, but he's, I think he's closer to that player than he is to the player that he showed the last couple of years in LA, a guy who has almost run out of the league. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be kind of poetic for him to join the Clippers and have them be a playoff team and have the Lakers probably miss the playoffs <laughs> now without LeBron. Well, and this like, is why the, poetic. this is why the conversation was funny of him getting bought out and going back to the Lakers because that team would be, better for him right well that's the situation with the clippers he went to a team that has better shooters that can fit with russ's play style better so of course he's gonna he's gonna look more like himself and less like the Russ that is out of the league so yeah i mean again i really like the storyline of the three of them together mm-hmm. winning but also it's the clippers man they got to get over the clippers curse first so we're gonna be watching we're gonna be watching these three and seeing if they can do it yeah, no, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see if they can do it. And you know, last night another guy made his debut, uh, Kevin Durant in a Phoenix Suns jersey. <laughs> like so Crazy. weird, my friend. And um, 
you know, he goes for 23, Devin Booker goes for 37. I'm sure Devin Booker's loving the extra space out on the court because everyone's paying their attention to Kevin Durant. Seriously. All smiles at, at the end of that game. Obviously, it was just Charlotte. Um, so, you know, nothing too major. But, hey, man, good first win. KD's back on the court. Like, that's what you got to love to see. They're they're a contender, right? They are a contender at this point in time. You know, you see KD healthy. You, you think about, like, yeah, we saw Booker getting those right. points. But you, you just expand on it and you keep thinking about what that does for him as a playmaker. Like, yeah. Like anyone who thinks this team isn't a contender is is not very bright right now. Like they're at the fourth seed. I'm scared because they're probably gonna jump over the Kings and take my old take of Kings staying third out of the way. So you know I can cry over here, but they're good, man. They just I are. I don't know, man. Your Kings can keep winning in the regular season. It's Let's the playoffs hope. that I'm really nervous about them because they play no defense. But I think like the last night's game really showed you how perfect Kevin Durant kind of is for this organization, right? Like you get DeAndre Ayton, who's seven of 10, has 16 and 16. Yeah. You get Chris Ball, who puts up two points, two rebounds, but 11 assists. Like, cause he doesn't need to score. He's just giving the ball off to Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. He's yep. like, yo boys, go to work. Like, it's all you. Like, I think it just fits so well for them. Um, so he, it was just perfect, man. He is, the lethal money sniper, you know, the slim reaper, and he is coming for the teams in the Western Conference. And considering, like, you know, who's above them in the standings, when you look at Sacramento, when you look yeah. at, you know, uh, Memphis and Denver, none of them have done it before. None of them have proven anything. So it's probably one of his best shots to get to the NBA Finals out of the Western Conference. That's true, yeah. Um, without the Golden State Warriors in a while, so. It's it's crazy to think about how much parity there is in the West. And not even just parity, but just the amount of teams, right? The number of teams that have enough talent to be able to compete at least out of the first round is insane right now. I'm hoping that everybody just stays healthy because like, we're looking for some banger playoff matchups, man. Well, absolutely, man. Like, that Sacramento Clippers game, if that was anything to indicate what that series could be like, that would be a great series. Phoenix, Golden State, like, KD going back to Golden State after they're the defending champions, like, that would be awesome. Um, you know, Ja versus Luka or Ja versus... Ja versus Minnesota. anyone, since he's apparently yeah. good in the West, right? Yeah, and then, like, somehow, let's say the Lakers sneak in at, at number eight, like, LeBron outing Joker in the first round would be wild. Yeah, it's could you imagine he takes out the the reigning three time back to back MVP like at thirty eight years old, like on a broken body and a broken team, like that's goat stuff right and, there. Man. And the fact that we believe that he can do it too is why it's goat stuff. But. Yeah, you know, the, the conversation which you, you slightly brought up there is the fact that Jokic has to do something, especially if he gets, you know, three MVPs. And when they're this good and they'll have the first seed, barring LeBron coming in, that's the best chance you're going to get. Absolutely, man. And, you know, you said it's wild that, the, that there's a potential and people think that. It's not that people think that. People expect that, right? Like, they expect him to make the eighth seed if he was healthy at least and yeah. they expect him to out the the denver nuggets so like it's 
it's crazy to me that like those that's why you know he's the goat those are the minimum expectations for a player in year 20 at 38 years old like what are we doing here you know mj was being bad on the wizards okay <laughs> he's being pretty good on Sorry, a got... bad wizards team Bro, but. pretty good. The man averaged like twenty points a game. Okay, let's not, um, let's, not let's not shooter. bring this. Let's LeBron not get into a debate here. Thirty-eight and eight. Let's go, man. Look, like, nobody, nobody on the other side of thirty-five can compare it to Bron. That's it's just a fact, right? We don't we don't need to get into that debate, my friend. That, that's a whole nother time. So, <laughs> where, where do you want to go? What else you got this week, my friend? I don't know, man. I think we covered it pretty well. I think you know. There's some middling play-in teams. The New Orleans Pelicans' free fall has got me just in hurts. some kind of way, man. <laughs> like they were the two seed. They were even the number one seed for a little bit. Like it's God, it's, it's crazy to think about the free fall of this Pelican squad and the fact that like we don't really know what's happening with Zion. We don't really know when he's no, coming no. back at all. It's like. It's 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 tough. It's so sad, man. Man, he could have the greatest NBA career if he was just healthy. Because he walked into this league and was a easy twenty five, eight and three kind of player immediately. Like, could you imagine if he had just stayed healthy? Yeah, it's 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 the craziness of the sport, right? And. We we have to we have to always take that into account. You always have to be ready for it. It's why playoff basketball is so exciting because you never know who's going down. You don't know what it's going to take for you to get from point A to point B. And we're in that point of the season where you know we've had a little bit of excitement from All Star break. We've had a little bit of excitement with teams changing up, but most of the NBA fans right now really wish they could have a clicker that could push the fast forward button as long as the you know their teams in the playoffs of course but they, we we want to get to that good basketball that's for sure i don't know man like the last week of the season is kind of fun especially with like playoff teams jockeying play in teams now jockeying you want to stay out of the play in so there's a lot more things to watch it's really cool i'm just like again our our last three games could not be more difficult back to back against Boston in Boston Ugh. and then to play Milwaukee. Like, yes. can we end the season a little bit easier, please? But like, you know, for a team that's hanging on here. Like I wish that we were like the fourth seed and then like losing those three games, bumped us to the fifth seed. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's <laughs> man. Raptors are in a tough spot. You know, we, we were talking about it earlier. They have to be at their best for the foreseeable future to get into the place that makes it so they have a chance, right? And it's going to be tough. Obviously, we'll be watching. We'll be paying attention. We'll be rooting along, yakking the boys every step of the way because that's what we want, man. We want to see this team in the playoffs. We want to see them compete. It is the best time as a basketball fan to watch your team in the playoffs. Oh, couldn't, couldn't be better. And the season's coming down to the wire, man. Just exciting time in the NBA. All right, man. You wanna you wanna give us your uh, prediction for the weekend, your hot take. So Matt's been talking about teams winning so much, and he's been getting all these right wins. I thought I'd take it onto the other side of the spectrum. So I was like, hmm, Rockets and Spurs, the two like losingest teams right now. They've got a back to back this weekend. The NBA needs to have like you know executives, you know, cops on standby because there's no way that. Popovich and um, Steven Silas didn't get in a room and go, hey, we got to trade games this weekend. We'll both take a win. We'll both take a loss. We'll do it for the tank. It's going to be a split, man. They play back-to-back games. They're going to have a trade of wins. 
Man, if I was Popovich, I'd tell him that we'd trade wins and then I'd really try to take hard in the second game just so that they pass you in the standings. <laughs> Got to get that Victor Benyana odds up, you know? <laughs> oh, man. And it, it, it's, it, he ha- like, Popovich has to get Wemby just so that we can see 20 years from now them like rolling Popovich onto a court in a wheelchair. I, I, we need that as NBA fans. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be wild. All right, well. You know, I'm going to go with, you know, you talk about my winning teams, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks on a 16-game winner. They play Philadelphia tonight. I think it ends. I think Joel Embiid, he's really trying to make that last-second push for the MVP. And, you know, he he might have gotten robbed last year, and he's probably going to not win it this year because the Joker. And I just think that he, he's going to beat them. I think uh, 16 games is enough. Well, and it, it's funny you bring it up. It's funny you bring it up too, because like Joel Embiid is like the ultimate like I want to prove myself type of player in games. And I think you know, leading down to the the end of last season, we had a game between Joel and Jokic, and Joel took it serious and like destroyed Jokic. Jokic still walked away with the MVP. So I think you, you Joel is still a little salty. So I think any opportunity where he can you know make another MVP candidate sit down, he's going to take advantage of it. No, absolutely, man. I think Embiid really wants at least one MVP award, and I think he knows these are his prime years. The man's leading the NBA in scoring again, or he's like right there with Luca at the top. Oh, he's dropped off just behind Luca a little bit. Yes, Luca. Hey, man. We didn't even mention the fact that Luca and Kyrie are one and four as a pairing, and the only win they got against was the sixteen winless Spurs. Like. <laughs> we'll we'll have to we'll have to talk it in the future because you know the conversation of of whether Luca can have a true All Star beside him is is starting to peak up. So we'll we'll put that one on the back burner for a few weeks from now. Perfect, man. Well, I think you're good to wrap us up then. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out the for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.